0: This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing, what has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about him, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Can I invite Pastor Fred?
1: Don't put your Bibles aside yet because we are going to continue a little bit because I have uh, taken my text from the next passage. But I first uh, wanted to read together the, uh, the story about the birth of Jesus. So we'll read on from verse 21 up to verse 35. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came... For the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting. As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Friends, over the last weeks here in the branch we have listened to messages focusing on the promises of God regarding the salvation of his people. And all these Promises flow together when their fulfillment is announced by the heavenly host in the Christmas night. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to man on whom God's favor rests. Finally, God has fulfilled his promise that he would send a Savior. So when Jesus was born, the kingdom of God made a great step forward. But having said that, the glory the angels spoke about was in many ways still hidden. The Son of God came in utter humility. And there is still a long way to go before the whole world will see his glory. But here is the beginning. Age-old promises have been fulfilled in the coming of the Messiah. Now we can look forward to further fulfillment of God's promises. The coming of God's kingdom, where justice and righteousness will reign on the new earth. Now we just read from Luke chapter 2. When Jesus is about six weeks old, Joseph and Mary travel to Jerusalem to present their newborn son in the temple of the Lord. And as Poor people, they bring a pair of doves for an offering, as the law requires. But when the ceremony is over, they are approached by a stranger. He introduces himself as Simeon and asks if he can hold their baby for a moment. And all Luke tells about him is that he was a righteous. And devout man. Apparently he was not a priest, or a temple official, or anything like that. He was just an ordinary Israelite. But there was something special about him though. He was righteous and devout. That means he was a true believer who fully placed his trust in the Lord and lived a life of dedication to the Lord and his coming kingdom. God had promised through the whole Old Testament to comfort his people. And Simeon had believed all those promises. And therefore he prayed every day with all his heart. Oh Lord, when is it going to happen? When will you fulfill your promises? It's been so long now. Your people our suffering, our freedom has been taken away from us. And your kingdom seems far away. And even among the people there is not much repentance. Many have turned away from you. And yet, we have these promises. Oh Lord, do something. O oh Lord, come. Simeon prayed and prayed incessantly. Lord, Lord, fulfill your promises. Comfort your people. Now take note, this prayer was not Simeon's personal hobby horse. It was the Holy Spirit who made him pray like that. Our text says that. Very clearly, the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Now can you see that the Holy Spirit makes use of... Ordinary people to promote the kingdom of God. See, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, no one would know what to pray for. People might spontaneously pray for all kinds of needs and say, oh God, help us. Help us with this problem or with that problem. But such a prayer is not necessarily spiritual The true spiritual prayer is where the Holy Spirit leads our spirit to pray for things that matter in God's eyes. Now, what's the first thing that God's children have to pray for? Well, Jesus, when he was older than than the baby in Bethlehem, when he was older, he told us how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And after the address, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, the first thing he teaches us to pray for is, your kingdom come, your will be done. Friends, that is what really matters. In your own life and also in the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done. There's no human being who out of himself would think of praying just that. We are way too much focused on our own desires and needs. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to make us focus on what matters. And that is the coming of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Simeon was so full of it and had been so intensely praying about this that the Holy Spirit had given him a special revelation. Keep praying, Simeon, for the consolation of Israel. For through your prayers, it will come indeed. Be encouraged. In your lifetime, you will see the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promises. You will not die before you have seen the Lord's anointed one with your own eyes. Now, what a wonderful promise for Faithful Simeon. Now, one day, Simeon feels especially urged to go to the temple. He simply knows that he has to be there. And by now, we can guess who placed this urge in his heart. Our text says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. See, that's how the Holy Spirit can lead you. Urge you to do something, to speak to someone, to go somewhere. And our text is, moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple course. And there he sees a a young couple with a baby in their arms. And he knows straight away, this is the one. And at that moment, he realizes what God had prepared him for. All those years, he has to take the baby in his arms and publicly announce whom this child is. By the way, it wasn't only for Simeon's comfort, personal comfort, that the Holy Spirit had given him this promise about seeing the Messiah. It's also, and perhaps even more so, for Joseph and Mary, who need this encouragement. They needed to be strengthened in their their faith and their expectations about their child, Jesus. And it's not only for them an encouragement, even for us today. It's a great encouragement. Listen to what Simeon is saying. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. Simeon acts here like a a kind of justice of the peace, an official witness who publicly testifies that God fulfills his promises in date. And not so much his personal promise to Simeon, that as well, but rather his promise of bringing salvation to the world. So Simeon testifies about God's faithfulness in bringing salvation. My own eyes have seen it now. And I testify for all the generations to come. This is the one who is going to comfort God's people. And with God's people, Simeon not only thinks of the people of Israel. They were indeed the first ones to know the Almighty God. They were the first ones to hear the gospel. And they were God's instrument in bringing the Messiah this world but God had planned to extend his kingdom to the whole world this newborn child with the name name of Jesus will be the light for the Gentiles and in thankfulness for what Gentiles too receive in Jesus they will praise the God of Israel like we do And speaking about these things, bringing this great perspective in the presence of Joseph and Mary, that is the task of Simeon. He has spent his life praying for the coming of the king of the kingdom of heaven. But now that he has shared his testimony, he feels he can retire. He doesn't mind to die now. He doesn't need to see more. Because he has seen the beginning of God's fulfillment of these promises. Dismiss your servant in peace. I've done my work. My eyes have seen your salvation. My task is fulfilled. Take me to yourself, O oh Lord. We can learn from Simeon French. We don't have to do what he did. His task was unique. But what we can learn from him is to live with a purpose. Independence on the Holy Spirit. Simeon was focused in his life. His mind was set on the coming of the kingdom. He was waiting. He was expecting the consolation of Israel. He looks prayerfully forward to the coming of God's kingdom. Your kingdom come. It was always on his mind. And why is this so important? God's kingdom will come. That's because only when God's kingdom come, then his will can be done fully, as in heaven, also on earth. See, we live in a world full of disobedience against the holy God. And we ourselves are very much part of it. We know that we hurt the holy God by our sins. And that is why we look forward and prepare for the final coming of his kingdom in glory. Then all people will bow their knees for Jesus. And all the disobedient people will be removed from the earth. And only those who through grace have become part of God's people will remain to be obedient to him forever. And then God will receive glory from all the people who live on this wonderful earth. Simeon shares this with the young parents, Joseph and Mary. The child's father and mother, says verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now we can understand that. They are excited anyway to bring their firstborn baby to the temple of the Lord. And then to hear these wonderful things about their little son. He is called God's Salvation Salvation. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. Glory to the people of Israel. Well, if such things are said about your own child, it's no wonder that you marvel, you beam as parents. But then, after Simeon has blessed the three of them, he has a special word for Mary. And it is a word of warning. Not to spoil her joy of the moment. But rather to prepare her for the future. Nothing can take away the glory of this child. But for a long time, this glory will be hidden, and Mary has to brace herself for that. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts Of many hearts will be revealed. The gospel of salvation is a wonderful message, but let no one expect that it will conquer the world just like that. Let no one think that the glorious message of the coming kingdom of God will be received by many people. Sin is embedded too deep in the hearts of people, and that's why they will take offense to the gospel, like in Israel. The people initially loved to listen to Jesus. How exciting to be witnesses of so many great miracles. And how wonderful his his sharp criticisms of the religious leaders of the day. But when it came to the crunch, they stumbled over Jesus' teachings. And they took offense. They thought he was way too radical and impractical in his teaching. They remembered him saying things like, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. Or if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other as well. Now that's, that's too ridiculous to take seriously. This preaching of required perfection rather sounds like dangerous fanaticism. And that's how almost the whole of Israel dismissed Jesus' teaching and preaching. They found his calling for a holy life annoying. It made him upset. Who does this man think he is? Stop him. And we all know where this rejection eventually led to crucify him. Friends, this is still true of the gospel today. Many people like to be religious and they don't mind going to church, especially on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. And and a few good Christian morals is good to live by. But when Jesus calls for total surrender of your life to him, when he urges you to break also with your secret indulgences and sins of your mind and heart, people shrink back. No, not for me. Well, I'm prepared to do certain things. I'm even willing to make certain sacrifices, but don't ask me to follow Jesus radically, for I can't do it, and I don't want to do it either. See, that is the moment the thoughts of your heart are revealed. A call for total dedication a call for absolute holiness in the sight of God makes us uncomfortable. It makes us resist. And who gets the blame? The man who brings the message. All the prophets in the Old Testament experienced it. Jesus, the greatest prophet, suffered under it and he ended on a cross. Simeon knew these things. Probably he himself had experienced rejection by people who thought he was way too fanatical about the coming kingdom. See, we all have a task to proclaim the gospel in the world around us. But don't expect that people will just accept it with joy. There is a lot of resistance in the human heart that first needs to be overcome. But that's why you have to put in a lot of prayer for the people you like to see saved. Pray that the Holy Spirit, because he's the only one who can do it, pray that the Holy Spirit may break down this resistance in the heart of people. After what Mary had heard and believed about her young son, she had great expectations of him, and quite rightly so. He is the Lord Christ indeed. Simeon has confirmed then. In this conviction. But Mary. Will have her share. Of suffering. Simeon puts it this way. A sword. Will pierce your soul. That is what happens. When you love. Mary loved Jesus. Mary loved the Lord. For what he was doing. Through Jesus. And that is why rejection of Jesus by his own people pierced Mary's soul. If we love our children, we'll suffer when they don't walk with the Lord. If we love our neighbor, we will suffer when they reject Jesus Christ. Love and suffering will always be companions in this imperfect world. And with that, we return to to the beginning. It's wonderful to celebrate Christmas together. God's Messiah is born in Bethlehem. Glory to God in the highest. But the ultimate glory doesn't come without suffering. Let's not forget that. Jesus experienced it. You will experience it. But never forget that it's only through suffering that a final glory will be revealed. Don't shun it, but accept it. Or, as Jesus said himself, rejoice in your suffering, for then you know that the kingdom of heaven is yours indeed. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have made sure that all the events around that were written down in the scriptures. We thank you that we can read it and that we can rejoice with the people who were the first witnesses of it all. The shepherds, Joseph and Mary, the wise men from the East, Simeon and Anna. Lord, we we thank you that also through their testimony we can be sure that this is not just a made-up story, but it's as real as we are real today. So, Lord, we thank you for that, and we pray that all these things uh, will enter into our hearts and that we'll keep pondering on it until the morning star rises in our heart and we see what it's all about. It's all about the Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we give thanks and that we pray. Amen.